The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome in. Take my hand. Say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious, we'll be friends. Welcome in everyone to Visibilities on a Friday evening, October 20th, 2023. The year is going fast. Uh, actually, it's just about two years ago that we moved... Uh, that we moved to Friday night, is it two or is it three years actually, as I think about it, that we moved to uh, Media One on Friday nights at seven o'clock. And uh, so maybe we should be even having a bit of a birthday celebration of it tonight. Um, this has been a very busy week, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, I'm seeing people coming in very quickly now. So I'm trying to chat for a minute, let people get in before we do a grand introduction. Um, it's been, I, I want to wish the Oregon Council and the Michigan Council great success with their conventions this weekend. And 14, 12, 385 has joined the meeting. Okay. And Joe, if you could... Please mute. That would be very helpful. Thank you. And with that, I am going Step to continue. Forward. Please mute a button. Whoops. I'm trying to get him. Okay. Step four. Zoom meeting. Okay. Got him. Thanks. All right, and I uh, let's without any further ado, let's move on. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Visibilities, and I want to thank Ray Campbell is hosting for me tonight, and our great production person who does all of our streaming and podcasting, uh, Larry Gassman is with us, and there are several of you with with us. I know. Just anxiously waiting to hear a lot more of our guest tonight than of me. So, without any further ado, I want to introduce a gentleman who truly is a gentleman. He's it's someone who I have gotten to know and highly respect over the last few years here in, uh, especially here in ACB Media Land but in other parts of ACB as well. And he just has such an incredible cadre of talents. And is it's just, he's, he's, our, he's our own uh, guru of, of so many, so, so many things. But he's also, and among those is his great musical talent. And so I want to introduce all of you, for anyone who hasn't heard him in the past, so I can't imagine it, to Jason Castingay. 
Good evening, Jason. Good evening, Terry. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Oh, my goodness. I said to Jason, you know, when I was doing this, when I was coming up with this idea of having people on, I was mostly thinking of people who have are still in their career but are on the the back end of it shall we say or the later end of it and so it, jason never even entered my head because he's such a kid <laughs> <laughs> so but i happened to find out that he's not quite as much of a kid as i thought he was and has a birthday coming up very soon and so we all want to wish you we promise, at least I promise, I will not sing happy birthday to you, but do want to wish you many, many more years of happiness and a good, long, long career. Thank you. Now, you let's, let's just let people know a little bit about Jason. Um, you're originally from and still from Connecticut. That's correct. And... Were you mainstreamed or did you? I was mainstreamed. Um, I had uh, uh, aides come into the public school and help with uh, brailing and, and um, uh, writing over the braille for the teachers to correct and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was, I, I feel... I feel glad about it on one hand, although there's always been a curiosity as to what it would have been like at a school for the blind. But uh, I did have the uh, um, ability to mix with all the other kids who were sighted and sort of deal with how that was. And I I ended up uh, being hard to find at recess because I'd run around with all the other kids. That's what every kid should be. It's hard to find a recess. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Especially when it's time to end recess. (laughs) Exactly. That's that's where the trouble came. (laughs) So tell me, where did the music, when when did the music start? Sure. So the music actually started when I was very young, at three years old. Uh, There was always music in the house. My mother had the radio on often, or she'd have MTV going, um, and this was in the you know early 80s and things like that so um i would just be hearing it and i didn't think anything of it but we had a toy organ and i started mimicking or or playing some of the melodies that i heard and among the first melody that i picked up and started playing was the national anthem and then shortly following that was uh, Silent Night. It must have been around Christmas time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember all that well, but I do remember playing it. Um, and uh, the interest, you know, my, my parents took notice and, and my mother immediately began uh, looking for a piano teacher. And I had a twin brother, a fraternal twin, and he was showing some signs of interest in music as well so she enrolled us both in piano lessons at the age of four and that's where it all started really i mean well it started you know picking it up by ear but the but then the piano lessons really expanded what 
my capabilities were. And there were recitals and all sorts of uh, music um, theory kind of get-togethers and playing for each other. And uh, stage fright, well, it it still lingers, but I think it's a healthy um, sort of butterflies in the stomach. But when you or when I sit down and begin, it, it just disappears. It's like old hat. Oh, yeah, I've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, it, it, so it's really kind of always a new experience in its own way. It is, and, and yet that familiarity of, oh, yeah, um, is there too once I get started. But new crowd, new interactions, new energy, it's always a little bit like, ooh, what's this going to be like? Oh, you know, a little nerve-wracking, but... Um, I've always, always enjoyed the music to such a degree that you know, I, I just can't leave it alone. <laughs> and then you, so you went on, um, you went on beyond the long, be, far beyond the piano. Yes. Um, I was always interested in other instruments, but I really didn't get to pursue much of anything until um, I went to a music camp when I was um, 17, and before that, I heard other instruments and could identify what they were by sound, but I, I just didn't explore. And then at this music camp, um, I was right up and personal with others who happened to be blind who were playing other instruments. And... I kind of wanted to know more about them. How does this work? How does that work? And uh, one of the uh, students there let me borrow a a clarinet. And so I started picking up the clarinet. And that was probably one of the... No, I can't say that was one of the first because I just remembered uh, I picked up an accordion as well. I was given an accordion, I think around the age of 10 or 11. And it... uh, kind of grew on me. I didn't care for it at first. It was heavy and it was full of buttons and had like a piano keyboard on the right-hand side and all these buttons on the left-hand side. And I was like, eh, it's old and smelly. I don't want to touch this thing. (laughs) (laughs) And then as I played with it more, um, I loved some of the sounds I could create. And um, I still have it today. It's a beautiful Skandali uh, accordion. And then you get into the clarinet from the accordion. Yeah, the clarinet from the accordion. And then um, there was maybe a lull in activity. I I had a lingering interest, but it was kind of on the back burner um, in other instruments. And then much more recently, along with many other things, um, I this was maybe four years ago now, I was interested, actually maybe five years, I was interested in the harp and... My friend Gabby at the time, she kind of took what I said literally and started looking for uh, harp teachers in my area. And she found one who was very willing to have us go there and, you know, talk about the harps, play them, um, let us play them. And I just became hooked because it was something that I... I don't know. I've always been interested in, I love the sound of the harp. And then I uh, was starting to pick it up pretty quickly. And the, and the teacher was recognizing that and she was willing to uh, teach me. And, and she even came to the house and gave me lessons. And uh, 
that's how that story began, and I I pretty much ran with it. There were some struggles. After all, playing a harp requires plucking, and uh, um, I make fun because a harp is kind of like a piano without a keyboard. I mean, it's uh, the the actual setup inside the piano is called a harp, but uh, it's very different plucking strings instead of just pressing uh, keys on a piano keyboard. So I had to break through some frustration, <laughs> some initial frustrations. because I would think there'd be some initial pain as well. with Yes, that uh, too. Yeah. Um, developing calluses on the fingers and things like that. And I was also thinking, oh, is this going to interfere with Braille reading? And unfortunately, it does not at all. Um, the callus is on a sort of the edge of, of the side of the finger, not not quite, uh, not quite on that sensitive uh, tip where the braille reading occurs. So, um, I, I've been uh, playing pretty steadily uh, for the past, uh, you know, four years since lessons began. It was quite an education in the different types of harps and all of that. And um, I've I've had some craziness in the past couple of years uh with my twin brother having passed uh but uh i the the harp has seen its way through all of that and of course uh the music and the the piano and all of that good stuff and i don't want to forget to mention that um vocals also became a, a very big part of what i do and that interest actually came in not very long after the piano started so by the time I was five or six and hearing what was happening on radio and TV, I wanted to do what those people were doing. And I just kept practicing singing notes and trying to get a vibrato sound and all that kind of stuff. I haven't had uh, vocal training uh, for an extended period. I took a semester in college of voice lessons, and I think it taught me an awful lot, actually, because... I learned about projecting and what some of the operatic singers need to do to project over the orchestra. And it just helped, I think, build more of a foundation that I didn't know I needed at the time. So I'll always be thankful for that as well. And so after you got out of college, and that, when did you... You you got into um, performing on a more professional basis. Yes, somewhere along somewhere in those years, I would assume somewhere. Well, the performing actually started quite young. Um, I began playing regularly at a local jewelry store. Um, I want to say I was probably ten or eleven when that started. And so it initially was a Saturday thing, and it was just an hour, maybe two hours on Saturdays. And then they in, apparently liked it, so they wanted me to play more. Uh, would you? So I was doing, I think, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday for a while at the jewelry store. Uh, Saturday was in the morning, Tuesdays, Wednesdays were in the afternoon. And it was a very nice jewelry store that um, had the piano in the front, so as soon as the door would open, or maybe even beforehand, people could hear that music. And I wasn't singing, though. It was more quiet music. And then 
word of mouth sort of got my uh, presence known through the, the town of Bristol where I grew up, or the city of Bristol, and I played for many different events from then on uh, into high school. I didn't know much about what going rates were, and so I probably, um, I, I pretty much guessed at how much I should be paid when I when I played for these events, and sometimes they were uh, fundraisers, so I didn't charge so that funds could be raised on you know on behalf of the organization. Um, and then once I was in high school and into college, uh, I became much more savvy about what I needed to be charging, and. Uh, things kind of took off from there, um, and I networked with other people in college. I had a jazz piano teacher at one point, and he was helping me network with some other people. And uh, it's kind of a networking thing. I, I think in many professions, <laughs> you start to know people, and you branch out, and you contact other people by happenstance, and make new connections. And uh, that's how it's that's how it's been. It's it's. Uh, it's all and and it's nice when you develop your regulars too because I always like the rapport. I I, I mean, it, it's nice to meet new people, but it's nice when you get to see them over and over and and develop a, a regular uh, relationship with them. I would think so, and so you would play maybe at a location once a week or once a month or something like that, where so that you did build up. A uh, a fan club or just a relationships, which is a much more appropriate term for it. Yes, and and as you say, the networking. And tell us how some of the networking pays off, if you would. Sure. So I think initially the networking was mostly word of mouth, and I think it still mostly is. Uh, there are brochures and things that I have uh, available um, that get posted or that I hand. I don't actually. I'm a horrible self-marketer, um, so my spouse helps with that. And he, t- he does a much better job of marketing me than I do. Uh, I'm not one to talk about self so, so well, but um, I used the... Um, you know, word of mouth, um, social media. I had a website, but I've been wanting to redesign it and have been horribly slow at getting that done. So my site is still under construction, has been for probably much too long. I haven't taken it as seriously as I ought to. And I think it's because I, I'm... Um, I happen to have a pretty nice network of regular contacts. And um, unfortunately, the pandemic took its toll as well. Um, I played regularly at a restaurant called Cavies. It was a local upscale restaurant. And right before the pandemic, they sold to another uh, group and this person is not interested in live entertainment. Okay, that's fine. But then the pandemic hit and it just seemed like, you know, I think understandably everyone was very cautious and sort of scared to have in-person type 
um, get-togethers where there might be live entertainment. So I mm. did manage to get some regular Zoom um, events where I had to very quickly learn, how do I want to do this via the computer? How how do I connect everything? How do I make everything sound good so that at a Zoom presentation I can provide some music? And so that, I think, is, is a positive aspect where I think a lot of us had to learn how to do that pretty quickly. <laughs> we learned an awful lot about Zoom in quite a hurry. <laughs> yes. <sure. laughs> yeah. Oh, we did indeed. Yes. And many of us still are. Yeah, exactly, because Zoom is not uh, uh, showing any signs of standing still. There are always some new changes and, oh, sometimes little hiccups in accessibility and all of that. So it's... Uh, it's but you have learned it all extremely well. Yeah. Um, there a few years ago, a couple of years ago, was it for, I can't remember, was it for media maybe? Or for Friends and Art, I forget which now, that you yes. did the, you did the, uh, the Valentines? Yes, the Valentines. Yes. That was so wonderful. Oh, thanks. That was a lot of fun. And that was not my idea. And, um, and I just thought, wow, when it was presented to me, um, how, cool is this going to be i never thought of doing a fundraiser on zoom like that that it's that was great yeah it worked out so well though and uh and i think you've also done a couple of other for the uh, gifts uh, uh for the auctions the for the media auction and that yes that's right i've done that for a couple of people for um for good money, it went quite well, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, people have really learned how much they enjoy you. Oh. So, you also, you, I, I, there's so many different areas in which to touch when it comes to you, Jason. Oh, boy. Um, I know that you got very into the harp and you... Um, got very involved with uh Lynn Heddle yes. and the uh and Heartfelt and the uh program that she was doing and you continue on with it now. And so why don't you tell let people know a little bit more about that because I think that's absolutely lovely. Oh thank you. So I I would be uh remiss if I didn't uh, mention the fact that Lynn Heddle also inspired me more to look at the harp because she mentioned it pretty often and of course I liked it so we'd end up talking about it and there was one convention where she actually managed to bring a small harp and we just sat together and I played it shyly but I played it um, and she was also kind of showing me some technique type things. And I'm like, okay, this is definitely something I can do. Um, and so at the time, I'm trying to remember exactly the, the sequence of events, but it wasn't long after that, that I got my first harp. And there's some interesting, um, naming, uh, titles of programs and they might get a little confused with each other so I got involved in Friends in Art and they do a program we do a program called the Art Parlor and in that program we feature guests who are artists of all kinds um, who happen to be 
uh, have low vision or or are blind, and we we get to talk with them and interview them, and that happens every month. Uh, comes out in podcast, and uh, we do a, a Zoom interview that um, that uh, board members and and other guests are invited to attend. Um, and then I I do a program on ACB Media Four every Tuesday called Art Felt, and that was something I devised on my own that I. I don't know. I, I was thinking about art and I was thinking about, you know, how I want people to feel the music as well as just hear it. You know, I, I, I just wanted something more than just another, oh, here we go. I'm going to play top 40 from 1992. And I don't know. I, I, I wanted to take people on a journey. That was my thinking anyway. And so I was thinking maybe that's heartfelt. But wait a minute, we can make a play on that and call it Artfelt. So Artfelt uh, began, uh, is my personal show, uh, began, I want to say, 2017 in like June. And then um, it was very closed at the beginning. I was new. I was nervous. I didn't know what I was doing with broadcasting. And so I was showing people only selections from my library it didn't even have much to do with me personally and then as things moved along and especially having to learn a whole lot about zoom suddenly in 2020 i was realizing i could do a lot more live performing on the show i don't have to do all uh canned for lack of a better term canned music from my library and so it began that um, every week I'm always putting a lot of uh, live performing into the show, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. It uh, it has caused me to grow, I think, because instead of trying to make everything exactly perfect, which, of course, doing so causes things not to be because... <laughs> I get uptight and something bad happens. <laughs> so um, it has caused me to be more conversational and just kind of roll with it and have a lot of fun performing and uh, talking and showing some special pieces from my music library as well. And so that's every Tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern on ACB Media 4. So between and that, there's there's so much that I think is available on Media Four, and that certainly is the highlight that I usually try to get to. Oh, is, thanks. Uh, is the art par uh, art parlor heart parlor? I'm never going to keep it straight which one it's supposed to be. <laughs> That's fine. You know what? They're both spectacular. Um, <laughs> so either way you tune in, however that be, whenever that is, uh, you'll. You'll get to enjoy all sorts of good stuff. That's it. It's just at a nice time that I'm in the middle of making dinner, so I can just tell Lady A to pick it up and right that kind of thing. That, and that's how I envisioned it as well. I wanted people to be maybe coming home from work, maybe either relaxing or getting ready for dinner and have something to engage them while they are doing that. And well, you succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. 
you've definitely succeeded. How about if we just offer, um, I see there are quite a few people on here that I think some of them might have a question or two. Sure. And I see a hand went up already. Okay. Um, from Pam Coffee. Yes, not a question, more more a comment. Um, yes, I too, uh, Lynn Heddle and I were good friends, and I still miss her. Me mm, um, too. Anytime I hear your name, I go. My mind goes back to 2012 uh, ACB National Convention at that beautiful. Galt House in Louisville, Kentucky, and it was after either the auction or uh, the showcase. Um, it was after we'd had a one of the big events, and uh, you were play. There was a piano in this little ante room, if you will, right off of the observatory in the mm -hmm. hotel where all the little eateries and stuff were and there was a piano out there in places where people could sit and, and uh, you were playing <clears throat> and the crowd was getting bigger we didn't you and I had not met at this point but I remember you were playing the piano and then someone came in with as best I remember a trumpet maybe and then someone else came in with another instrument and oh we were just it was just like a jam session and yeah. it was so much fun i was gonna say it turned right into a jam session it How did it that? did yeah it was so much fun oh. um it's That's amazing a nice how a piano can attract people that way and especially if it's someone who Someone who, who knows who, what they're doing. Who, who know, yeah, yes. I say who plays extremely well. <laughs> um, I, I remember that piano very well for back even back in two thousand. Um, mm -hmm. God, uh, I don't remember who was playing, but um, I remember Sheila Styron singing there, and oh my oh. goodness, um, and it, it was it was just such a, it was such a nice setting. Yeah, it really they, was. The golf house has the. Uh, glass elevators. Oh and yeah, that's and that's what it was, was. That was one wall of that room, with just these these lovely glass elevators um, of lights going up and down th through the whole thing. And it was just, <laughs> that was just wow. such a that's such a neat. It was just such a neat little venue for something oh, to yeah. happen. And we I, I've spent many many a night at the at the at that. Uh, Location in the Galt House, but I thanks think that for that. One of my favorite hotels, actually. Oh yes, <laughs> I just love that too. place. Yeah, um, and, and it was one of the few where I've been to a convention where getting around it was not all that difficult. So right. I didn't spend a lot of time getting lost. Mm -hmm. Right, <laughs> right. And I that was say, always the thing. I have to say, Pam, too, that mm -hmm. I was not very social when I was a kid. I, I was eh, more introverted. I still am. Okay. What can I say? And the piano always broke the ice. I would find a piano. I would start playing. People would come around. And I yeah. didn't have to go reaching out. <laughs> they just came to me. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> it was always wonderful that way. Gotcha. 
All U- right. Music well, calls out to people. Thanks. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, Pam. Mm-hmm. We do have the next hand that's raised. I think we all know, or many of us do. And that is Mr. Marshall. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. And I am going to exercise uh, a little privilege here because Jason's my best friend. And I have so many stories that I can relate. And the good news is he doesn't know what I'm about to say. (laughs) That's good news? (laughs) All right. It is good news. A few years ago, quite a few years ago now, um, you and I and Ron um, took a cruise on an ACB um, carnival cruise out of Miami. And, of course, we wanted to find a piano so that Jason could play. But all of the pianos were locked up for some crazy reason. They didn't want yeah. the guests to touch them. But guess what? We found one that did work. <laughs> and as Jason just said, the number of people gathered around. But the real story that I wanted to relate, because this really was a lesson for me, I know now what celebrities go through. Uh, Jason mm. performed during the shipboard talent show and blew everyone out of the water. The cruise director couldn't believe how fast his hands were going across the keyboard as he was playing his signature song, It Had to Be You. And, of course, he got all these Chotskys and stuff from the cruise ship company because he won the talent show without any question. But we didn't know at the time that it was going to be televised throughout the ship on a loop. So the next day, when Jason and I wanted to do the water slide, we were down at the bottom of the water slide, both, you know, just wanted to play and have a good time on the water slide. And all these people would come up to Jason and say, oh, you were wonderful, Jason. Thank you very much. And Jason was very gracious to each and every one, but we just wanted to slide down the slide <laughs> yes. um, we, we we finally did make it but now i know that uh, what happens to celebrities that um are seen both live and on television you, you <laughs> learned firsthand <laughs> i did and it doesn't matter whether you're fully dressed or in a bathing suit that's right <laughs> we were both half naked yeah yeah that's true uh, i forgot to mention that that's true Yep. Probably all looking at him though instead of me. But but that's another story for another day. All right. (laughs) Thank you. Take care. I'll go back on mute. Good to hear from you, Scott. Yes. And our next hand that's raised is Annie Chapetta. Hey, Annie. Annie, if you can unmute. There you are. Hey, I am here. (laughs) Right. <laughs> uh, I was a little late. I had to. I had to eat dinner first. But um, oh, yeah. uh, I just want to say that um, I, Jason, I love you. Um, <laughs> if it wasn't for you, um, Art Parlor wouldn't be what it was in the podcast. <laughs> uh, you are such Thank a you. wonderfully talented person and so caring. And um, I wish I could play the harp like you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just glad you're getting your kudos and you're here to talk about the things 
that um, everybody wants to, you know, wants to listen and get to know you better. So thank you. And thank you, Terry, for making that opportunity happen. Yeah. Well, it's my pleasure. It truly, truly is. As it was when you were on with us a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I had a really good time. (laughs) And I I had a lot of people actually say it was great. So it um, was indeed. Yeah. All right, Jason. Play well. I shall. Thank okay. <laughs> and we've got one more right now. Yeah. And that's uh, Ralph Smitherman. Good evening, Ralph. All right. How's it going? Good program. Thank you very much. How are things in Mississippi? Uh, they're nice and comfortable this evening. Thank you. <laughs> uh, to change tacks a little bit, uh, Jason, I just wanted to let you know that yes. the article you wrote for the memorandum, which is Where Is My Slate, was an excellent article. And when everyone gets their copies, I hope they'll read that. I thought that was terrific. Oh, thank so you. Good, I good, good job with that. It was well written, by the way. Thank you. I have been meaning to write that for I don't know how long. And <laughs> I'm so glad I finally got it together to do it because it, it's personal, but it's it's also an important story, I think. And, and uh and I just love reading the Braille Memorandum. I I can't wait each time a new issue uh, arrives. Well, so. that's kind of you. Notwithstanding, I, I hope to send that article in as uh, for article for the year when next year rolls around. So, oh, my. Ah, so we'll see. Great idea. Okay. Wow. Thanks. But anyway. Great uh, idea. Uh, and, and Ralph, when is the next uh, issue of the Braille Memorandum due out. <clears throat> the uh, articles Roughly. were due on the uh, the articles were due on September fifteen. By November one, everyone should have a copy in their hands, and ah. probably before then. It's sent out Braille email in large print, so we'll have articles due for the next issue by January fifteen, twenty twenty four. All right. So we try to do three issues a year now. So that keeps me busy as editor. So anyway, and you do okay. such a great job. Of well, it. yes, well, he does. Uh, yeah, the, you really yeah, do. Because of the authors who send in the articles, that's what makes it work. So, as I said before, it was a terrific article. I was uh, I was really impressed with the way it was written as well. So, and what's yeah. the name of it? Where is my slate? Yeah, yes. where is my slate? Where is my okay. And I wanted to portray not only the question, but the, where's my slate? <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so, that, <laughs> but so it, was, it was funny because I'm thinking, gosh, if I could say it or if, I, if they could hear it that way, they'd get it you know, right off the bat. Uh, but I, I think the, the title per- certainly stands alone and, and you know, uh, portrays what I need at the, in the moment anyway. Well, there you go. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks much for joining us tonight, Ralph. Agnes, this is going to be the last call we're going to take, last hand we'll take for right now. But uh, that's Agnes from Colorado, I believe. You can unmute. You're welcome to join us. Did it not unmute? There you are. It did now. You are Okay, now. great. Um, I have a question. Jason, do you use Braille music at all? Very good question. I was exposed to Braille music when I was in 
fourth, uh, was it fourth grade or fifth grade? At any rate, I, <laughs> I for totally forgot to mention this. So we had an assembly to uh, show us to demonstrate different instruments. And I thought, oh, I can play the trombone. That'll be fun because it goes and you can make these cool sounds with it and all the kind of stuff. So I started looking at the trombone and the teacher, the music teacher insisted that I read. So I, my uh, consultant uh, from the services for the blind, um, she had a, a lot to do with getting things in Braille for me. And I don't know if she was a, a full uh, Braille music transcriber, but she had enough knowledge to show me some things. But I play by ear and at the age of whatever, um, 10, 11, I'm thinking, I don't need this. This is just way too crazy. And I don't like looking at letters and having to turn them into something else. And of course, I had all the wrong ideas. And it took a long time. Uh, by the way, I didn't stick with the trombone either. <laughs> 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 but um, but that's another story. I, I Quick tangent, I started playing the trumpet recently. I'm taking lessons every week. Um, so... A few years ago, uh, the, the topic of Braille music came up again, and because of my harp lessons and the teacher referring to her music, she's a sight reader, and she doesn't uh, feel comfortable playing from memory or from playing by ear. And so we got into a conversation about the advantages and disadvantages of each. And I was telling her of some of my experiences where there are those who sight read that will criticize people who play by ear and people who play by ear who will criticize sight readers. And I never liked any of that. I don't feel that there's any reason to do any of that. There are advantages for both. And at this point, I said, I really need to look again at this Braille music thing. So I managed to find my book I bought from National Braille Press. They put out a book at one point called Who's Afraid of Braille Music? And that was one of the best and easiest books that succinctly explained how to look at it from a blindness perspective. Forget the literary Braille and don't try to be converting literary things into music use your do re mi fa sol la ti to you know or numbers so that when you see these dots under your fingers you are thinking of the notes don't be thinking of letters um, and that is what really got me started and i actually took uh, lessons from a another blind woman um i want to say um i'm trying to remember where she lives but i don't remember but um leslie was wonderful um, I grew a lot by learning how to read and it, it uses a different part of the brain too. It, it, it takes a while, at least it does for me, not, not so much nowadays, but I still, not only are you reading notes, but you're looking at their values. You're looking at the expression marks from the composer and, um, you're trying to take it all in under your fingers. And it's, it's fascinating. I'm so glad that I have learned it. And cycling, circling back around to the trumpet lessons, this is the first time that I am looking at a book in Braille 
and following that same book with the teacher and reading the music out of the book to play on the trumpet. I think it is the coolest experience ever. (laughs) So that was kind of a long-winded answer to your question, but uh, hopefully a a good one. (laughs) I think it probably was. Thanks for uh, calling in with us again tonight, Agnes. Oh, goodness, Jason, you've just done so many different things here. Yeah. Uh, and it's probably never ending. I'm always going to find some new thing that tickles my fancy. Let's see if I can figure it out. And I, I do have a habit of wanting to figure it out. And then I figure it out and go, oh, okay, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> but oh, uh, goodness. it's a lot of fun. But that's, you know, that's the way we all progress. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's the way we all um, develop our skills and develop our uh, ideas. And would would you know I was reading something recently that said, "Would you want to be twenty two again?" Oh. And uh, it's about the last place in the world I think I'd want to be. Oh, well, right. I did say except except that that was the year I got married. But other than that. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, just the idea of knowing now what you didn't know then. Is, yes. Uh, it's like, okay, if I could be 22 again, could I take all my current knowledge back there? Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. All right. So I am going to ask something, and I don't, and I should have talked to you about this ahead of time. If we can do it, wonderful. If we can't, my apologies. Sure. But might you entertain us for a few minutes? Oh, I certainly could. I certainly oh, could. Oh, we would love that. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, right off the bat, I will tell you, I am a sap for ballads. I love them. They're, oh, they're moving and they're slow and they give you time to think about what you're hearing and feel it too. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm probably going mm-hmm. to do a ballad. Be- Jason, before you do that, Yes. I just want everybody to know. I'm going to put a shameless plug in here. If you want to hear, you want listen to Jason tonight. But if you want to hear more of what he can do for the holidays, register for the Illinois Council of the Blind Holiday Fundraising Concert on December 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Details will be coming. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Hey. Okay, Ray. <laughs> And you were saying, Jason, about your how much you like ballads. I am a ballad person. Yeah, I just love them. And I know some people want upbeat, upbeat. But I I don't see that everything has to be upbeat all the time. Because, uh, well, that's what uh, diversity is all about. You get to do all sorts of different things. And so um, I never know what I'm going to do. Even when I plan a concert, um, I don't. I I get general ideas in my head, but I don't want to carve it all in stone because when I have made a program with every song lined up, I end up radically changing the whole set list anyway. (laughs) So so I think what I'll do for you now is a a lovely piece. Um, All of you or many of you will will probably be familiar with it. It's called All the Things You Are. Oh. 
Time and again I've longed for adventure Something to make my heart beat the faster What did I long for? I never really knew Finding you I've found my adventure Touching your hand my heart beats the faster All the while all I need promised kiss of springtime that makes the lonely winter seem long you are the breathless hush of evening that trembles on the brink of a lovely sun you are the angel glow that lights a star the dearest things i know are what you divine when all the things you are are Absolutely lovely. Thank you. My father used to, my father was one of those people who only sang in the shower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I do that I, too, I, though. <laughs> I hate to have to do this, but we've got about nine minutes left. I know that, right? Thanks. <laughs>
<laughs> and uh, Sweet Sixteen and All the Things You Are Are Mine were the two songs that I think we all learned as toddlers practically from hearing the sh- from hearing them coming from the bathroom. And back in the day when you only had one bathroom in the house. <laughs> mm, yes. <laughs> yep. Oh goodness. That was just, just lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you so always much. Always a pleasure. And, and if anyone's interested, you can always tune in on Tuesdays and hear plenty more of it. That's exactly what I was going to uh, remind people of Tuesdays on Media 4 between 5 and 7. 5 and Easter. 7. Yeah. And that is uh, absolutely. Um, and Ray's got and, and this other event for... Illinois Council that's coming up in December and sounds like you're going to be a pretty busy guy for the next month or two. Yes, I have a number of local gigs too uh, with, excuse me, with um, holiday. Uh, There's a uh, Toys for Tots event that I'm playing for and there's some other um, something around Thanksgiving and then I'm actually um, I was invited to play for the Perkins Library um, holiday event as well so I'm looking oh, really? forward to all of that yeah the, 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 oh I've got to find out more about that I'm the alumni president alumni treasurer oh okay yeah what ask that's Kim about. <laughs> Kim Charleston's the one who invited me so um, <laughs> she'll have all the details I'm sure well and speaking of Kim Kim will be here with us next Friday night ah. um, to talk about the audio description gala Wonderful. and all the last minute details on that. So don't anyone that's interested in the gala, uh, which takes place on November 14th, uh, don't forget to tune in next Friday night for uh, that with, uh, with Kim, who's got a crazy... She should still be here. I'm not sure how she's going to manage it, but she's in Spain at the World Blind Union this week. She's got Banna meeting at Perkins next week. And on Friday night, she wanted to do the AD gala on here. So (laughs) she ought to be pretty uh, caught up on everything imaginable by the time we talk to her (laughs) next Friday night. (laughs) Anyway... Mm. Jason, I want to thank you again for such a lovely evening and such a beautiful way of topping it off. Oh, Terry, it's been such a pleasure being here with you. And we have all so enjoyed it. Thank you. And enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better. Thank you. I I know I'm probably going to think back on this and say, oh, I forgot this or I forgot that. Well, you're always welcome to come back and tell us. (laughs) (laughs) And play. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Put it to music. Let me just, let me ask one quick, I think I've got enough time. Let me just look at my time. Oh, yeah, we got six minutes. We're good. The instrument that you just played that on. Ah, that is a virtual instrument. Can you believe that? Is it really? It is. It's my absolute favorite piano. It's called the Ravenscroft. I'm not even sure how that's spelled. K-R-O-F-T maybe? Or maybe it is C-R-O-F-T. But um, it is um, accessible through the... Um, uh, it's a downloadable thing. You, you pay for it, and then it gets added to all the plugins available in the... Um, complete control uh, suite of 
audio uh, virtualization. And I have plenty of other pianos to play with, but I always go back to this one. It is the most natural feeling one. I absolutely love it. And it's the most natural sounding, especially on the high ends. Mm, yes. And I was going to ask you if I was going to ask you if it um, if it was a grand. Yes, it's a concert grand, and it's got all. I don't know how they did it. It's got all the sympathetic resonance and the pedal noise and all the things you would get from a real piano. They just did a phenomenal job with it. It is. It's an amazing thing. Because I'm thinking to myself, he's got organs. He's got. Uh, uh, he's got a piano. He's got harps up like crazy. Is there any room for you left in your house? <laughs> well, see, that's the problem. I recently got a new harp, and I have to sell one of them because I I can't have I I have a small lap harp. I have a um, a pretty heavy uh, thirty six string. That's the one I'm probably going to sell. And I just got a. Uh, a 40 string uh, pedal harp which is different from any of the harps that I've had before and I also inherited a harp from Lynn Heddle which is a very special lovely harp you know not not only in itself but uh, with the sentimental value that it has to me I I, I love it and so there are four harps in this house right now which is kind of crazy but <laughs> it sounds good though if, yeah I got four and harps I'm thinking, and he's got and he's and he's got a our uh, grand piano in there too. I was like, "How can you possibly?" Win? I don't even want to ponder where you have breakfast. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, I don't actually have any real piano. All of my pianos right now are either, uh, you know, digital keyboards or virtual, like this one. So that's, that's how I make some of the room. I don't have a real piano, <laughs> <laughs> but there is a a, a digital pipe organ. Uh, Ron is is a musician also. Uh, and he uh, he actually got me into the the organ world as well. So uh, we both play in the church. We're uh, co music directors at a local congregational church. We have a lot of fun with that. Ah. So this house is never void of music. It doesn't sound it. It does not sound it. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I want to thank you and thank Larry and Ray, and we will be back next. Friday night with Kim Charlson and the AD Gala and we want to wish you well with your career which I know is never going to drop off it's just going to continue to grow um, and thank you all for joining me this evening <laughs>